Over the last few weeks, we have been looking at the idea of freedom in our lives, and we've been covering a series we've called The Freeway. And uh, man, I'm telling you, it's been an incredible time in our small groups. Our small groups have grown to almost 140 people weekly, diving into truths that will set you free. And I love it. Jesus, he didn't come just to save you um, to the littlest most. The Bible says that he came to save you to the uttermost. And so he didn't come just to give you a little dab of freedom and a little dab of victory and a little dab of deliverance. He came to set you free. Amen? And the Bible says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And we've just sensed the Spirit of God all over this series. We've sensed His Spirit in our small groups. It's been such an experience. And so over the last few weeks, we've been learning what it looks like together to find that way to be free. And as we did this, um, man, I'm, I'm going to take you back a little bit. I've been telling this story about me getting a ticket, right? Um, the last, you know, almost every time I've preached, I've talked about it. Can you tell I'm smarting over it a little bit? All right. So let me just go back a little bit, you know, back the, the weekend that we planted those six churches, on that weekend, I was driving, and I rolled through a stop sign, and as I rolled through, I mean, I, I kind of stopped, I did, I, I didn't blow through, you know, I, I just kind of enrolled, you know, how many's done that before? Correct, how many have seen blue lights before you and me? And you're like, we're not at Kmart, I know that this is not that blue light special, I know that. And so here's the thing. I see the blue lights, and the guy pulls me over. Do you know why I stopped you? And I'm thinking, because you want directions to a donut shop. <laughs> no, I would never, I would never say that. <laughs> Jeremy, are you here? I'm sorry. <laughs> Officer Jeremy, I'm, I'm sorry. I never would say that. But, um, but yeah, I kind of had an idea why he pulled me over. And I told you, the first step of this freeway is, is awareness. And when you are hurried, Pastor Corey did such a great job preaching on this, when you are hurried in life, you stop being aware. And so many of us are so hurried that we don't realize what's going on around us. And when it comes to some of that self-introspection you need to find freedom, you can't take that time if you're so hurried, right? You've heard me say a thousand times, you got to take some time with God in mind. you got to slow your roll, take some time. And so that day, I got a ticket. Why? Because I was hurried. I was hurried in my heart. I was hurried in my mind. I just got off the phone call with one of the worst phone calls I've ever received from anyone. My heart was heavy and my mind was occupied and, and, and Grant was in the car. And so he's talking to me and I just wasn't aware. But whose fault was it? It's still my fault, right? And so that led me to that next step, if you will, of discovery, you know, that idea of looking. And I know on my discovery, I know when I look back in that step of freedom, I have a tendency to do rolling stops. Right? Amy, right? Yes. And um, the last one I did about a month and a half before that one um, was on Dupree. And, and I, I, I saw the officer, and I, and I kind of put my brake on. And so now I'm four feet past the white bar. And so he pulls me over. Do you know why I pulled you over? In my mind, I'm, I'm not thinking anything bad. I just, because I'm three feet past the place you're supposed to stop. Yes. And he was nice. He let me off like he should have. <laughs> he was led of the Holy Spirit. But, but all right, so, so you have awareness. 
You've got to slow down to have awareness. Then there's discovery. You've got to be able to look to your past and connect those dots. You've got to be able to look to your present and have courage to face what you're dealing with. You've got to be able to look to the future with faith, believing that God will heal you and he loves you. But then that leads you to a place of ownership. That's what we looked at last week, ownership. And with that, guess what I had to do with that ticket? I had to take responsibility for it. Nobody else paid that ticket for me. I paid that ticket for me out of Amy's money. I did. <laughs> and so with that, there's a sense of ownership. Now here that leads us to this next thing. I love this, all right? Now, when I'm in that west end of Atlanta and I go to see Pastor Troy at West End um, City Reach at that church, guess what? There's not going to be a sense of dread over me at all. There's not. I, I mean, I'm going to be driving down that road. I probably won't even think about it. I'll drive down the same road. I won't be sweating it, right? Do you think I'm worried about that officer one bit? No, no. Do you think I'm looking out for the cop? Is Popo going to take me to jail? And I'm looking around? No. Why? Can I tell you why? Because the payment has been paid in full. I've been forgiven of my debt. And because of that, I don't carry the burden of that shame. I don't carry the burden of that guilt. I don't carry a worry when I'm going down that road. I'm not worrying that this guy's going to jerk me out my car and deal with me. Because I've already had the payment paid. And when it comes to our life, that's where we're going into this next step of freedom. It's called forgiveness. And it's that realization in our life that I don't care what's been done to you. I don't care what you've done to others. I don't care the sins that are represented in this room. And there's tons of them. You know why? Because you're here. I don't care though. Guess what? The payment has been made in full. Jesus paid the price. Amen? is that awesome? And so I want you, if you would, to just get that in your mind, you know, that you can celebrate. Now, I, got, I can, in a sense, drive down the road and celebrate a time to forget. I'm not going to continue to think about that. I'm going to be careful. I'm not going to roll through stops anymore, and I'm not going to lie anymore, okay, because I probably will roll through some stops, okay. But I'm going to try, but I'm not going to be burdened by that because the payment's been made. And so I believe that when it comes to this idea of a time to forget, I believe that this could be your day. If there's things you hold on to of sin, if there's things that have been done to you that you just, I can't forgive someone else. Or I'm struggling to accept the forgiveness of God in my life. I believe today could be a day that we celebrate a time to forget that stuff. And lay it in his hands and realize that the payment has been paid in full. And when I drive down the road of life, when I'm journeying down the freeway, I don't have to carry the baggage of that stuff. Because that stuff's already been paid for. Those past sins, those past mistakes, those past hurts, whether you were the hurting, the one that did the hurting, or you're the one that was hurt by somebody else, those things don't have to be carried because you can give them to the Lord and allow his blood to wash over those things, right? God, he never intended for you to carry that baggage. He, he never intended for that, for you to carry those wounds and to carry those hurts and Maybe, maybe it's betrayal to carry. I, do you know, Ross, what that man did to me? Do you know what my father said? Do you know how many times I've worked overtime and my boss, they give a bonus to somebody else and not me? Do you realize they made me shave my beard so I could be a fireman? 
I'm bitter over that, Tom. I'm bitter over losing manly Tom. And now we're left with this. I'm, ha. Just kidding, buddy. Aren't you proud of Tom? I'm telling you. Man, that's hard, that's hard work. You know, we've got, where's our other fireman? Hey, there you are. That's hard work. Tell him, what's he thinking? My word. No. All right. <laughs> so when it comes down to it, you know, here's the thing. You can't experience freedom. That's where we're headed. But you can't experience freedom in your life without going through the door of forgiveness. You can't. If there's a sense where you can't allow God to forgive you or you won't ask forgiveness or, or there's a sense where you hold judgment over somebody, you won't offer forgiveness, it will keep you from walking through. You know what it is? It's spiritual obesity. You're holding on to all this flesh. You can't get through the door. It's just, you got all this, you know, and God's like, shed that. Let it go. You don't need to carry that weight, you know. And so that's what it is when we hold on to unforgiveness. So holding on, what happens is holding on, it keeps you from moving on. It just does. And I want to look at that today. And so what you think, though, here's the thing. When it comes to what you need, and you come in this place today with some needs, but what you think you need from God when it comes to this area of need and what you really need are two different things. You come in here and you're going, Ross, I'm burdened. And what I think I might need is I need a healing in my marriage. Right? I need a healing in my marriage. That's what you think you need. What, what, what you think you might need is I need the ability to forgive my brother-in-law. I, I, what you think you might need is I need a healing in my body. What you think you might need is I need a touch in my bank account. Lord, I need that to be increased in Jesus' name, you know. I need a touch there, but, but, but I wonder if what you think you need and what you really need are two different things, all right? Let's stand to our feet. I want to look at Mark chapter 2, Mark chapter 2, what you think you need and what you really need just might be two different things. We'll go down to verse 1, and this is when Jesus healed the paralytic, the man that was on his mat all the days of his life. It says, when he returned to Capernaum after some days, it was reported that he was at home. And many were gathered together so that there was no more room, not even at the door. And he was preaching the word to them. And they came bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men. And when they could not get near him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And when they had made him an opening, they let down the bed on which the paralytic lay. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some of the scribes were sitting there questioning in their hearts, why does this man speak like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? And immediately Jesus perceived in his spirit that they thus questioned within themselves and said to them, why do you question these things in your heart? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, rise, take up your bed and walk. But you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed and go home. And he arose and immediately picked up his bed and he went out before them all. So that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw anything like this before. Amen? Let's pray. Father, as we go into this today... I just ask, Lord, that you truly would allow us to rise up from our bed of paralysis, 
that the things that keep us from walking and journeying down that freer way, God, that you would allow us to pick up our bed and walk as you have seen fit, Jesus. That you would do a work in us to the degree that people that know us and people that, that, that are intimately aware of our lives would literally be able to say the same thing. We've never seen anything like this before. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Go ahead and have your seat. <coughs> One of my favorite scriptures of all time. And I know almost every time I preach, I think I feel that way. But I love this since I was a little boy. Just the picture of a house that's packed out so full that the only way to get in is to come in through the roof. Years ago, when I was a young, young preacher in the 90s, I preached a sermon using this text, and I called it Raising the Roof. And it wasn't R-A-I-S-I-N-G. Everybody raise the roof a little. Come on. If you were from the 90s, in the there you go. Whoop, 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 whoop. Okay, now everybody stand up. We're going to do the cabbage patch. No, we're not. <laughs> but it was R-A-I-Z. It was raising. Or R-A-Z-I-N-G. It was raising the roof. You know, what do you need to tear out in your life and tear down in your life so that Jesus can do a work in your life? And, and, um, and I think that kind of plays true today, too. But this young man, he wanted something from God. He had heard that there was a miracle worker, and his life would be changed, he believed, if he got there. This was a man that was paralyzed from birth, and he's tired, literally tired of having to live on the mat, you know. Tired, worn out from the bed sores, worn out from the ridicule. Worn out from having to feel like a beggar, always wanting more. You know? Worn out from being looked down upon and having to look up. I almost picture this young man with a crook in his neck, you know, permanently, just from always laying and having to look up to talk to people. Not able to stand the way he felt he had the station to stand, but he had to be on that mat 24-7, 365 days. And so can you imagine being that guy? And the anticipation of your four buddies carrying you. Thank God for those four buddies. How, how many's been to our most essentials class? All right, if you haven't, come this next week when we do it, or the 13th, and you'll hear Pastor Stephanie share an amazing truth out of this scripture. I'm not going to do it. I'm not gonna, I don't want to steal that from her. It's a powerful truth, and we cry every single time she tells it. You know, and so but when it comes down to it, imagine these four men, I mean, and the anticipation of that paralytic. This is the day I get my legs back. This is the day I can finally feel like I can run again. Maybe you're going through something where somebody's done you wrong, or maybe you feel like, man, there's something that you need healed in, and you're like, I just want to run again. I just want my feet up under me. I just, I feel like they get knocked out from under me at every turn. God, I want, everybody say, say I want to run again. So imagine the anticipation of this young man as here's the day. And I know he's seeing lives change as they come up toward the house. Man, maybe somebody ran out that was blind and hollering, I can see now. Maybe somebody else was lame and they come out and they're throwing their crutches down, you know. They just see somebody out in the front yard just doing this number. Hallelujah, you know. Just shouting, you know. One of those old things, you know. And so he's coming up to the house and he's just like, man, there's miracles happening everywhere. It's my day. It's my time for my thing, for my God. This is it. And so now they're on the roof, and they're tearing it apart, and they're getting ready to lower him down, and they lower him down to Jesus. And so just imagine all this, the butterflies in his stomach. If you were him, paralyzed all your life, and now you're on this magic carpet ride, you know. And here you're before your Savior. And Jesus, you're just waiting to hear the words. Be healed. 
You're just waiting to hear the words, rise up and walk. That's all. Take your mat, boy. You don't need it anymore. Go, run away. You've got it. You can run again, you know. You're just waiting for that. And Jesus, in the midst of all that, he doesn't say that. He looks at him and he says, son, your sins are forgiven. Gives me chills thinking about that. I think it speaks a little bit to the importance of the eternal over the temporal, if you think about it, right? Because these bodies are going to last us, you know, 80 years, 90 years, 100 years. Nowadays, man, maybe 120, who knows? These babies coming up now, you know, they may live 120 years. Who knows? But you know what, man? Our spirit, our soul goes on forever and That's the need of this young man. He had been shaped by his sickness. He had been shaped by injustice. He had been shaped by all the stuff thrown at him. And now Jesus doesn't go to the spot of healing first. He speaks to him and says, son, your sins are forgiven. I don't know about y'all. I'd be put out. (laughs) You call yourself a savior? No, I'm serious. You call yourself a healer? Are you kidding me? Give me some water walking, Jesus. I want some bread multiplying, Jesus. You know, that's what I want right now. Give me some blind eye open, Jesus. I I don't know if I want forgiving Jesus right now. It's so internal. I I want something physical. I want to run again, Jesus. And you're going to tell me my sins are forgiven? And so in a sense, he may have felt a little put out by that in that first moment, you know. Jesus, I'm here for you to heal me. I'm here for you to do that work in my life. Imagine how dumbfounded and maybe even disappointed he was. Instead of hearing Jesus say, be healed, he heard, sons, your sins are forgiven. I mean, this guy is wanting a life-transforming miracle for his body. He's not wanting his sins forgiven. That's not the point. That's not why I came here. That's not why my four friends drug me here, you know. And you may be here today with a lot of need. And somebody invited you to church. And you want that need to be met right now. Just meet my need, Jesus. It's like Vegas Jesus. Put the coin in. Look what I got. That's just the stuff. He's so much more than the stuff. That's when it gets good. That's when, should my legs never work, I'll be all right. Because I've got the Savior, not the stuff. Should my marriage be difficult till the day, she, I was going to say I die, till the day she kills me? No, not mine, not mine. I'm, I'm speaking, I'm, I'm, you know, hypothetical here. You know, it's all right. Does that make sense? Because my sins are forgiven. That's where it starts. And then out of that, no matter what you go through, maybe that person that needs to be uh, released of the burden that you have placed on them because they, out, they did you wrong and you have a hard time forgiving them, Maybe that'll never change. It's all right, though. It's not on them. It's on you. It's made you sick enough. It's hurt you enough. It's kept your feet from running long enough. And so here, he's just diving in. And so Jesus looks deep inside. And he doesn't see what we think we need. He sees what we actually need. He looks in there. And the words that came, they didn't come. Jesus said to him, the words that he didn't come. I'm sorry. Jesus said the words that. He didn't come to hear. That's not the words he wanted to hear, but the words that he needed to hear. And so today, maybe those are the words that you need to hear also. That no matter what you're going through, you have a God that loves you. That no matter what you're going through, you have a God that forgives you and forgives those that have done you wrong. That no matter what you're going through, the burden of that sin that we all face is dealt with at the cross. 
And maybe today what you need to hear is a fresh picture of the grace of God. Amen? That grace that when he shed his blood on the cross, he forgave all of our sins. All of our unrighteousness. And not only did it forgive us of the things we've done wrong in people's lives as we seek him, but the effect that the wrongdoing that people have against us, if we'll allow the work on the cross to have a work in our hearts, it takes the power of that effect away. We've got to allow the work of the cross to have a work on our hearts. Amen? These kinds of sermons are hard because I know your stories. And I know the burdens you carry. You know? And I just want Jesus to heal you. I just want Jesus to fix it. I do. That's all. I just, the Lord, just, just fix it. But I know a lot of times that's not the way it works. He deals with the spirit first before the flesh. The spirit before the situation, you know? And so you can't forgive much in your life until you have forgiven much. But for that to happen, I've learned there are a few things that have to happen in your life if you're going to experience a sense of forgiveness and a sense of wholeness and a sense of a new start. And really that's what forgiveness is. It's, it's a sense of a fresh start in your life, in giving others a fresh start in theirs. That's what forgiveness really is. And so the first thing, if we're going to walk in this forgiveness, if we're going to go through this door toward freedom, the first thing is, number one, I must honestly acknowledge my need for forgiveness. I have to. In 1 John 1, 8 and 9, it says this, If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and he's just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But Ross, I'm talking about those that did me wrong. Let's, we'll get there, all right? Everybody say, we'll get there. Let's deal with us first, okay? If we say that we've never done wrong towards somebody, if we say we've never sinned, if we say that we've never been the guilty party, we are deceiving ourselves. We're duping ourselves. Another version, I can't remember what version it was. I think it's in, no, no, I think it's the message. It says that we're lost in an illusion. You know what people, that when we're lost in an illusion, that means we're delusional, right? And for me to, to, to look at my life and say, I don't have any issues. Your stuff stinks, but mine's fine. I'm delusional. I need a saving Jesus. I need a forgiving Jesus. And as we go through life, we may have an ability to hide our sins from others. We may do a good job not letting our family know the bitterness that we hold. We may do a good job not letting our friends know. You know, I know you do a good job not letting your pastor know. You know, so often it's, it's it, that we try to look right at church. Thank God for the authenticity that's here. And you know that you don't have to look right. You can look wrong to get right. You know. You're at a safe place in that regards. And so those that are close to us, we try to hide. But the thing about it is you can't hide it from God. God always knows. And I don't say that in a way that makes you fearful. I think I may have told you guys that story of my friend Chris Zimka years ago. She was a Byzantine Catholic raised in a home that would have been Czechoslovakia at the time, Czech Republic now. And as a Czechoslovakian Byzantine Catholic, her mom would say, Boo, will get you. That scares me. 
Buju was their, their name for God. It's our God. It's just it was a, a, a way of that they used the word buju, buju, buju will get you. And she said she grew up with that fear. So when I say God knows, I'm not saying it that way. I'm just saying the God that loves you knows. The God that cared enough to send his son to die for you knows. The God that paid a price that you might have life, he knows. Isn't that beautiful? There's not a thing secret to him. There's no, there's no closed bedroom door to God. He sees it all. There's no secret website that God doesn't know. There's no secret addiction. There's no, and he loves you anyhow. And he forgives you as you ask for forgiveness anyhow. God knows. Amy and I were in a fight. And I'm like, I'm out of here. I got to go get my brain straight. How many leave? Any leavers in the house? Okay. All y'all are saved. Okay. So there's rules to leaving. Number one, you tell people you're leaving. Amy, I got to go get my brain straight, you know. Number one. Number two. You tell them where I'm going, you know. I'm going to go to the church office. Number three, that's an agreed upon place, and that's where you are, and you set a time to come back, and you come back when you said. And I said, oh, I'll be back in a couple hours. And so I come back home after being there, and she's like, you didn't do anything stupid, did you? Remember that? And I was like, yeah. And her mind just starts, you know, I mean, your mind just goes everywhere when you hear your husband go, Yeah. And so, you all know my addiction. You all know my struggles, you know. So, what did you do? I mean, I got a Whopper with cheese. <laughs> I'm serious. This is like 11 at night. I got a Whopper with cheese, a big French fry, big Coke, milkshake, onion rings. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. McDonald's was having filet of fish at the time, so I come by there as well. I mean, it was, it, it was, I'll take this out on you, Amy. <laughs> Fight with me, one woman. I'll tell you, <laughs> and that's how you you get overweight, you know. And it's been a hard battle to realize the addiction of that, and that that's my comfort. And and so she's like, "Oh, that's okay. It's not, <laughs> you know." That was a couple years ago, but still, God saw me in the church office, just going nuts, you know. Don't look at me; I'm hideous, you know. <laughs> so. <laughs> you get to know all my secrets. I don't know what secret you carry today, okay? I don't know what it is. I just know that God knows. And that's a beautiful thing. That's not a heavy thing. That's a good thing. And we've got to recognize that. In Proverbs chapter 28, verse 13, it says, Whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper. But he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. That's why I felt last January, like never before, that I had to tell you guys I'm addicted to this, and I've got to fix it spiritually. And I've had a lot of victory this year because of that, you know. More victory than I've ever had in dealing with, with obesity. No, no best victory I've ever had, and I want it to continue, you know. But I couldn't conceal my transgressions. I had to lay them before God and some people I could feel accountable to. And, and y'all are ruthless now. I can't go out to eat with you guys. Really, Pastor? You, that's you going to eat them fried pickles? No, I'm not going to eat the fried pickles. Push them aside. You guys are ruthless. Let me sin in secret. Okay. So can you have a truth-telling session with yourself today is what I'm saying. Can, can you today just with yourself, God, this is who I really am. I'm a thief. 
Now, I know you're going to get all spiritual and Pentecostal on me. I know. I'm not. I'm the righteousness of God. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm a head above and not beneath. And, and, and I'm not an addict. I'm not going to say that. I'm going to declare faith. I'm going to call those things that are not as though they are. Okay, I, I get that. But you keep stealing and you keep drinking to drunkenness and you keep looking at stuff you're not supposed to. Guess what? You, yeah, if a duck quacks, it's a... It's a duck. Now, I'm not saying that you can't say, man, I struggle with pornography. And I know I'm the righteousness of God. And these eyes are righteous eyes. And I will covenant with my heart and my eyes to keep my eyes on the right thing, Jesus. That's a little different than just declaring the sin in your life. And and that's declaring that faith promise along with the sin. So I I get what you're saying, but maybe just a little bit of that today. God, this is who I really am. I'm, I'm a thief. Maybe some in the room, I'm an adulterer. Maybe some in the room, I'm a liar. I'm jealous. I'm envious. Man, everybody gets and I don't. And I know you don't say that's a forgiveness issue, but you can't hold things over people, you know, and it not affect your heart. And so when it comes down to it, it comes down to this idea that who you really are, there's no such thing as a secret with God, right? But here's the beautiful thing. God knows But guess what? God loves. Can you give God praise for that? I'm serious. He knows, but he loves. So we go on from there. So first is just recognizing that. And two, number two, is I must experience a fresh touch of forgiveness in my life. A fresh touch. The words the young man was hoping to hear was, I say to you, rise, pick up your mat, and go home. That's what he was hoping to hear. And as you look at the scripture, Jesus had the power to forgive. You know? It's just the most important thing, or Jesus had the power to heal, but the most important thing in that moment was his power to forgive. And it was his ability, it was his power to forgive that gave him the spiritual right to heal. The spiritual right to do the work in your life. If the God that was going to be placed on the cross, die, raise again three days later, if that, that, that's in the scope of, of the plan, and, and if that's about to happen, this same Jesus can both heal and forgive. That's the power that he has in your life. And so Jesus has the power to forgive. That's what the cross is telling us, that he stood in the place for us and took our payment, that payment that's in full for us. And so now because of that, you're not guilty of those charges. You know, imagine in the court of the heavenlies, if you will, and you stand there, a liar, and the charges are levied against you, but because of Jesus, a declaration from God the Father, our judge, comes forth, not guilty. You're lustful. Yeah, but because of Jesus, as I submit that transgression to him, and I ask him to forgive and to help me move forward, that declaration comes forth, not guilty. Yeah, but I'm envious and materialistic, not guilty. Everybody say not guilty. It feels good to experience that fresh touch of grace. And that's what's happening in this young man's life. It's not just his healing for his body. He's having a fresh touch of grace be applied to him. And I believe that can happen to you today before you leave this place. I do. Just a fresh sense that God... Those things I've done that's wrong, people, you can forgive. Those things that people have done against me, Lord, I can forgive. I can extend that grace. I just need a fresh touch of your grace today. One of the ways that we're going to celebrate that is on November 20th. We're going to do baptism here. 
baptism. So if you haven't been baptized, or it's been a long time and you felt like you were baptized because of your mom and dad, or you know, it wasn't your will, you know, plan on the 20th. Go sign up. Be a part of baptism that day. On the 20th, we're going to end this series with, with stories of hope. If the Lord's doing a work in your life and you're seeing this grace extend for forgiveness and this grace extend for healing in your heart, then you would be willing to share that? Let us know this week. We're producing a little video bits for that day to interweave into the service on November 20th as we conclude this series. And that whole day we're calling it just stories of hope, you know, stories of freedom. And so if you would, please, this week, let us know. I want to share you know, I, this is the fresh touch of forgiveness that I'm finding. This is the fresh touch of healing that I'm finding. And then finally, once you realize what God wants to do in your life, listen, once I've experienced a fresh touch of God's grace, then I must irrationally extend that forgiveness to others. But Ross, it, it's not right. You don't know what they've done. I know. I know. But I, you know what you've done. And God forgave you. So we irrationally extend that. And so here's what happened. Jesus did something that was so neat with this paralytic, okay? He brings forgiveness. He brings healing. And then he says something to him. Rise, pick up your mat, and go. Rise, pick up your mat, and go. Why? Why the mat? I mean, he didn't need the mat anymore, did he? He's not a paralytic anymore. He's not confined to the three-foot by six-foot space anymore he has legs up under to run now why does he need to take the mat why does he have to why does God want him to carry that uh, maybe Jesus wanted him to carry it as a reminder of the extent of what God had done in his life maybe Jesus wanted him to carry it as a reminder of the extent of forgiveness that he had received in his life that, that bitterness that he may have carried all those years. And now he's looking at that. And I can go back there. Maybe I'll never go back there with my legs. But I can go back there with my heart. There's some of us that have had the grace of God extended to us. And we've seen the miraculous power of the Lord. And we don't go back with our legs. We don't go back because we're celebrating the freedom and the victory we have. But we sure do go back with our heart. We start to relive some of those old wrongdoings and those old injustices and those old uh, problems and those old sins. Does that make sense? And so maybe God just told him, I forgave you, I healed you. Now carry a reminder so that you will be able to extend irrationally grace in people's lives. Yeah, those four guys were good, and they were carrying them to that housetop that day. But maybe old Joe one day was acting a fool. And as that happened, there was an offense. And then... This paralytic walks into his bedroom and he sees that mat hanging on the wall. Man, I mean, I can't, I can't hold that over Joe. Jesus, the same Jesus that gave me my legs forgave my heart. How can I hold that over Joe? So I don't know what that might be in your life, that reminder. But the next time as you're going through that idea, God, help me to remember what you've done in my life. The hurt that you healed me from. The abuse that you healed me from. The mistreatment that you healed me from. The sin that you forgave me for. The sins, the things I've done against folk, whatever it might be. Help me be reminded of that and extend grace to the others that need it so desperately. Let's stand to our feet. Right now, some of you in this room, you're living in conflict with another person. And you're not free because of it. You're living in conflict with yourself because of the struggles that you might have with something you're trying to be free from. Just know that he comes to forgive, and he comes for you to extend forgiveness to others. It's a powerful, powerful truth. 
when it comes down to it, if we don't walk in that, it diminishes the quality of our life. If we don't walk in that, it robs us of true freedom. It, it robs us from being able to be pleasing to God. It robs us from being able to be pleasing to our, our families. And the hard thing about that is, if it's because somebody done something to you, you're probably right for being bitter. I mean, you have every right to feel that. I get that. But Jesus had every right to not go to the cross for us. And he laid down his rights. He laid down his perfection, his righteousness, his justification. He laid it all down that we might walk in his righteousness and his justification and his perfection. He took a hit so we could be free. And you may have to, in a sense, take a hit. I'm not wanting you to be codependent by no means. I'm just saying, as you go to this, God, help me to be forgiven by you, but help me to extend that forgiveness to others. Because in Ephesians 4.32, it says, Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. When it comes down to it, and I remember how much God's forgiven me, it does make it a whole lot easier for me to forgive others, you know? And here's why. Because I will never have to forgive others more than God has had to forgive me. And so if you would, I want you just to hold your hands open like this. And close your eyes, just hold your hands open like this. I said early on, you cannot experience freedom in your life without going through the door of forgiveness. And if you're holding on to something, man, if you hold on to something, it will keep you from moving on. So today as we pray, Father, these hands are open. First of all, they're open because we're letting go. We're letting go of the thing that we've held on so deeply to. And so, Lord God, right now we're letting go of bitterness and anger and resentment. And those that we've held judgment against, we forgive them in Jesus' name. And then, Lord God, we're opening our hands to you because we want to receive. This is the moment and the time for healing, deliverance, victory that only comes through you, Jesus. Right now, with these hands raised, by the power of your presence, your spirit, God, do a work in this house of healing. Lord, if there's eyes that are blind that need to open, open them. If there's deaf ears, open them, God. If there's hearts that are heavy and burdened, heal those hearts, Jesus. Marriages, heal those marriages. They release their forgiveness, God, to that one that's offended them, God, pour in healing, I pray. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. I want you to say this as we leave. Say, I will forgive as I have been forgiven. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Fuel for the Journey. For more information, please check out www.momentumchurch.tv.